I feel like at Clean Market, we are just at like the start of our journey. So it's really keeping my focus on what's right in front of me. But I feel like we're just at the tip of the iceberg. Imagine a one-stop shop for wellness that includes cutting-edge services and programming, infrared saunas, cryotherapy, IV drips, a functional tonic and superfood bar, and a modern apothecary market of nutritional products. Lily Coonan, a plant-based cook, expert in holistic nutrition, and wellness entrepreneur, did imagine this and co-founded Clean Market in 2018. It may not be obvious that Lily's education in environmental economics and a fellowship at an education nonprofit gave her the exact skill set she needed to make clean market possible. Coming up, you'll hear how the School of Thought of Human Design and how awaiting an invitation helped Lily contribute to her start. Lily's mission to make people feel well. The complexity of running a business made up of three parts. Her focus on treating customers the way they want to be treated, with a curiosity and passion to improve. Lily's passion for Vedic meditation and baths, and why really being you might be a path to making anything possible. This is the Entrepreneurista Podcast, presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have, with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done. And what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram. With no filters, no limits, and plenty of surprises. Lily, I am so excited to be here with you today for many reasons, one of which is I am so into clean living now over the past few years. So I'm just honored to speak with you today about how you have launched this business, Clean Market. Thank you so much for having me. So can you share with me a little bit about how you really got interested in you know, clean living, clean beauty, functional medicine? What is your background? Yeah, so it's kind of been an interest for as long as I can remember, really. I grew up with chefs in my family, so I was always cooking in around food. But the clean kind of part, if you will, happened when I was in high school and through college. I was really sick with migraines and vertigo and went through that whole journey of figuring out what was going on with me and my body. Long story short, after four years of kind of experimenting with everything, found out I had celiac, gave up gluten, and then overnight kind of everything changed for me. So I talk about this a lot. Kind of that was the first moment I had a connection between what I put in my body and how it made me feel. And that kind of broke the world open. And I was like, well, you know, if gluten makes me feel this way, what about dairy? What about sugar? What about alcohol? What about what I'm putting on my skin, you know, and so on. So you're in your early 20s at this point, and you're still in college, a teenager. So it started about my sophomore year in high school, and I figured it out around my sophomore year in college. And this was before gluten was a thing or was being talked about. But my dining hall at college set up like a little gluten-free station. I think there were about seven of us wow. at the time. Where did you go to school? 
Connecticut College. Okay. So small liberal arts college. And I would call ahead to the dining hall and be like, I'm coming in 30 minutes. Can you make gluten-free pasta for me? They were so great. But yeah, it was it was hard. You know, you're in college. You're, you want to play beer pong. You want to do all the things. But I just, I felt so much better. It was night and day. I went from being nearly bedridden by like 1 p.m. every day with a migraine wow. and not being able to go to my afternoon classes to just feeling like a weight completely lifted. Did your migraines instantly go away when you cut out the gluten? Pretty much. Wow. Yeah. Within 24 hours, I felt a huge shift. And then over the next couple of weeks, just continuing to feel better. And did you become, you know, obsessed with food and wellness at this point? Or did that take a while? So my grandfather had celiac too, which is kind of what led me to my diagnosis. He was diagnosed in his like late 70s or early 80s and he had the classic kind of digestive distress and symptoms and I had migraines and so that's one of the reasons it took so long but he would send me like loaves of gluten-free bread at college that were kind of like hard as rocks um you know gluten-free baking just wasn't what it is today but I became aware of what was on the label. So I would read all the labels because I was reading it for gluten, but then I started noticing all the other things. And it definitely wasn't about calories. It was more about ingredients and what we were putting in our food and how it was made. And then it really wasn't until post-college, once I got in my own kitchen, in my own apartment, that it kind of became this obsession or passion and hobby. What did you do for work right when you graduated from school? So I was an environmental economics major, and I really wanted to go into, like, socially responsible investing. I ended up doing a nonprofit consulting fellowship and was placed with an education nonprofit. And I really fell in love with it and the work that they were doing. So I spent a year in Boston doing that, and then I transferred over to a different education nonprofit in New York and was there for about six years in fundraising and marketing. That was incredible, such an amazing learning experience, and simultaneously started doing all of my blogging and my Instagram and all of that on the side. What year did that start with Instagram and blogging? Wow, what year did that start? It was right before Instagram became a thing, like not even everyone. So you were early. You were very Instagram. early. Yeah, it was. It you were was posting pictures early. and no one was responding just yet, right? <laughs> exactly. It was food blogging. Didn't really, you know, the OGs were yeah. had some flu- food blogs, but it wasn't a time where you like started a food blog to actually have readers come and read it. In fact, I just started it on Instagram as like a food diary for myself to be like, oh, I made this really great soup. If I take a picture, I'll, it'll just trigger the memory of oh, what I put in the soup. So that was really fun. And Australia was a little bit ahead of us on Instagram in the clean eating world. So I followed a bunch of bloggers over there and I started hashtagging all of my photos. And that was a time where that was still effective. Yeah. Yeah. And then what happened? How did this now become your career? Great question. (laughs) So, you know, I get a lot of questions like that, especially with career changers. And it's definitely a process. But have you heard of human design? No. 
it's a school of thought and it takes from a lot of different traditions, kind of like astrology and ancient Chinese traditions. It, it's a way of understanding yourself. And I've really been drawn to it over the past couple years. And I really kind of believe it's how I ended up where I am. So in human design, I'm a projector. And how it's kind of played out in my life is that, you know, I work really hard. I go after what I want, but at the same time, I wait for the invitation. So some people can go out and pitch all their business ideas and really like give that energy forward, whereas I'm much more of a, I call in the invitation and then I wait for it. Long story short. This is fascinating, by the way. I'm waiting to hear how (laughs) you know you received the invitation. Yeah. So it's like, And it's not that you just sit there hoping something good's going to happen. But when I was working in education, I was putting everything out there. I was blogging. I was writing recipes. I was posting on Instagram. And I started to receive little pings in my inbox. And then, you know, you have to say yes to them. Mm -hmm. It's like, do you want to start contributing for this recipes on this website? Yes. Until I got the invitation from my editor at Abram saying, have you ever thought about writing a book? Was it through a DM on Instagram or did you get an email? <laughs> email. Email. It was still, I, I don't even know if Was it DMs, pre-DMs? It could have been pre-DMs. It, <laughs> it might have been. Yeah. It might have been pre-DMs. That reminds me, I also got an email from like, from Bobby Brown. You know, those types of emails were coming in. So it's about saying yes to the invitations. So obviously I took took the the meeting for the book and that led to the book and really followed that path. And then the same thing happened for Clean Market. I had written my book. My book had come out. I was still blogging full time. And Were you still also working for the education company? No. So okay. I left there when I got my book deal. Okay. Yeah. And I was simultaneously working part-time in functional medicine. So I skipped over it a little bit, but I had gone back to health coaching school as well. Where did you go to health coaching school? I went to IIN. We just had the new uh, CEO on this podcast too. Yes. Amazing. And we do work with them. We love IIN. Yes. They're great. So you became a health coach. Amazing. Mm -hmm. So now everything is starting to, sounds like everything's starting to fall into place. It was. And I think, you know, as a founder and entrepreneur, you're always thinking about what's next, and that can cause a lot of anxiety. And so going back to human design and being a projector, it's like flexing the muscle of trust in the universe and that if you're doing what you love, it's going to keep coming. And that's really what I did. And then I kind of got the invitation for Clean Market. How did you meet your co-founder? So we were brought together. We say it was kind of meant to be. We had a lot of mutual people in the wellness and health space. And so similar to like meeting a partner, a romantic partner, a friend, we got to know each other. We dated for a few months and it was really, you know, from day one, it was a fit. And we kind of just hit the ground running. And then 18 months later, opened our doors to clean market. So when we joined together, we didn't have a concept name. We didn't know exactly what it was going to be, but we knew we had the same mission, the same passion, the same 
end goals. What was that mission? Wow, the hard, the hard question. Hard hitting questions, we're always, Lily. We're always, we're always developing the mission, but you know, it's really to make people feel well, to give people the tools and education that we deserve and really present it in a retail setting so it's convenient and accessible in your everyday life. And for our listeners who don't live in New York City or who haven't been to Clean Market, can you just describe what Clean Market is today? So Clean Market is everything you need to live better in a single space. And so how we have brought that to life is with an organic cafe. So we have everything from organic smoothies to organic coffees, and we're about to launch a whole new grab-and-go with our commissary kitchen, all organic salads and bowls. And then we have a retail apothecary market with everything from medical-grade supplements, adaptogenic herbs, non-toxic beauty, and our services. So we focus specifically on IV therapy, infrared saunas, and cryotherapies. How do you decide what products to put in the store? We really are driven by our seven pillars of balance, which map back to the seven pillars of functional medicine. And Every The whole idea is that when these seven pillars are in balance, your body is functioning optimally. So it maps back to that. But then we're really about body meets science. So body meaning how you feel when you're doing a treatment, how you feel after you drink a certain drink, how you feel when you're applying a certain product. So it's that kind of like qualitative type of thing. And then the science, like we look for products and services that have rigorous testing against them. They've been vetted. They've been in clinical trials and marrying those two things to be like, this feels good and this works. It has to be in clean market. Can you take me back to when you were first coming up with the idea to launch this business? Because I know it didn't happen overnight. There was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears trying Mm -hmm. to get everything together. What was that process like of, you know, opening a retail store in in Manhattan? That's not an easy feat. (laughs) Yeah, it, it was a total whirlwind, honestly, from concept to door opening less than 18 months. I spent a lot of time, I was actually living in California that year of development, working on the recipes and really working on the creative side of things, which was such an amazing, fun experience for me. It's just what I love to do. And we didn't know what we were doing. You know, it's just like you're jumping off a cliff, you're ripping the Band-Aid, you're seeing what sticks. But I think having that kind of playful mentality of like, this is an experiment, we can pivot. We're so excited to bring this to the world really helped us get to where we are today. Did you raise money? We did not raise money initially, so we were self-invested through my business partners. We raised a little bit of seed money, and we're about to raise our Series A. What is the process like trying to start raising your Series A? Because I know that can also be a full-time job in itself. Yes, it can be, but that's where my experience in education really comes into. So I was working in development and raising money. Totally different, but both in my mind, very mission oriented. And I think it 
gives me the advantage of being comfortable talking about money. That's something that's hard for a lot of people to talk about. And I already talked about it for years. So it doesn't feel as scary. My business partners are also incredible. And one of them is kind of leading that. But I got to go through the really fun exercise of creating the deck and thinking about how we want to convey our brand and where we're going. Any advice for our entrepreneurs who are listening and thinking about raising money and going through that process? Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many things. I would say, you know, probably raise the least amount of money you need to always. Start small. And again, as you get to know your business partners, your any friend, any romantic partner, get to know your investors too. You know, you're adding value to their portfolio and they're adding value to your business. So, you know, it just really has to be a mutual fit for both of you. And you'll know, you just know when it clicks. That's good advice. Yeah. Coming up, you'll hear about the challenges of running a complex business made up of three parts and the importance of treating customers the way they want to be treated. Lily, you technically have one business, Clean Market, but you have different businesses within your business. It seems like a lot to tackle. You have the cafe, you have your services, and you also have retail. How are you managing all of that? This is not, I I don't know that this is an interesting part to share, but it just takes so many people to run a brick and mortar shop. It is a crazy operational experience. Like we were naive in a good way. (laughs) We probably wouldn't have done it if we... If we knew how hard it would be, (laughs) would you (laughs) sign up? Exactly. So we ended up launching three businesses at once. We launched a cafe, we launched retail, and we launched services. And that's what's the most compelling parts of the, you know, of the store and the puzzle and the value too is like, we're everything under one roof. But then it's like, wait, how do you operate everything under one roof in an efficient, profitable way? We went through like two different phases of our staffing structure to get it right so that we had the right project workflows and we had the right people on the right things so that then I could focus some of my energy more on the long-term growth and strategy versus being pulled in the into the day-to-day weeds, which I still love being in. But we're we're getting to that place now where it's like this well-oiled machine that it's a good place to be in. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there's like takes time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's bumps on the road. How many people are you now? Upwards of thirty. Yeah. So it's it's a little split. We have our office staff. So there's like ten of us on any given day in the office. And then about twenty-five people who work in the store in a part-time or full-time capacity. And we're kind of set up right now as pretty ops heavy, ready for our expansion across four stores by the end of the year in New York City. Where are you opening? We're opening in Brookfield Place in March. 
That's so exciting. Yes. It's our full concept, um, similar to our location on 54th Street. And then we have NoHo and Nomad opening later this year. Where in Nomad are you going to be? We will be at 1177 Broadway, so right across from Nomad Hotel. Oh, we're right here. Yeah. Yeah, around the corner. Walk over during the day and come get some uh, IV drips. (laughs) Yes. And then we also have a location opening this March in Las Vegas. Where? At Wynn. That's so exciting. Yes. So we'll be on the Wynn side in the Wynn Tower spa level right across from the fitness center. So this to me sounds like very fast expansion. You just Mm -hmm. opened the first location in the city only two, three years ago now? What year are we in? About 2020. a year and a half. You're not, yeah, 18 <laughs> months ago. Yeah. So that's very, like, I feel like that's very quick expansion. I guess what's been the hardest part? Yeah, so our primary expansion strategy is brick and mortar. So that was always kind of the plan and the next steps for us. And this year is kind of even slow compared to the next couple of years. So I'm just like buckling up and getting ready for the ride. But I've I've learned so, so much when it comes to construction, kitchen engineering. There's Since there's three parts of the business, there's retail design, there's kitchen design, and then there's services design. Um, and just putting all of those pieces together and making sure, you know, it's it's always making sure you have a good team and the right people to lean on. So that's internally and then externally your, your architects, your project construction, project managers, and having all of those pieces fall into place. So what is your day-to-day? Like, what are you focused on and responsible for? So I oversee cafe program, retail program, and our marketing. We, again, are ops heavy on our staffing side. So we have a cafe program manager that I work really closely with and a retail program manager. So they do a lot of the weeds and implementation, and I help guide on the strategy. On the marketing side, we have a great little marketing team in-house, but we don't have a director of marketing yet, which we are hiring for. And so I step in and do a lot of that work right now as well. So day-to-day really varies because, you know, in addition to that, I'm on all the construction calls. I love going to visit the store. I'm flying back and forth to Vegas now to get that set up. But, you know, it's really usually half in the office, half out at meetings or at the store, and just really trying to stay focused and aware of what the priorities are for the day. Or recording a podcast. Or recording, (laughs) exactly. The perfect Friday afternoon. Can you share a little bit about your marketing strategy and how you've really built this cult following? It starts with being authentic. That's something I've seen when I started my Instagram, Clean Food Dirty City, and something we're trying to emulate at Clean Market is really just posting things that feel very us, for a lack of a better word. We also, so Clean Market owns and operates all the companies in the store. So we have NutriDrip, which is our IV drip partner, and Thermostat, which is our thermotherapies. And so we have marketing channels for those as well. We're about to launch Thermostat's channel. So it's thinking through what are those unique messages 
and how they resonate. So we're kind of going through that fun startup-y exercise again with those brands. I love that. And can you share a little bit about growing your team? And are you involved in the hiring process still? Yeah. With everyone? Yeah. I just came from an interview. Oh, are they going to get hired? Are they in? They're hired. They're hired. Yes. (laughs) Do you have any go-to interview questions that you always ask? I'm such a casual interviewer. Like, I really just like to get to know the person. I actually worked a little bit in recruitment after college, too, for the education nonprofit. The person I just hired, she had actually worked for us before, but now we're hiring for our commissary kitchen manager. She's such a great fit. It's really about, for me, whether it's a culture and mission fit over anything else. And... Any question that can kind of get to that, I think is, you know, a great question to ask. What is the culture at Clean Market? So what do you look for an employee? So there might be someone listening who wants to come work for you. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's, you know, you don't have to be obsessed with wellness, but obviously a passion and interest around wellness is key. We've seen that our employees that are most successful have that because it makes the job really exciting. We're bringing wellness to retail and, you know, people are actually coming in and feeling great after services and it's changing their lives. And that gets employees really excited, especially if that's something you're interested in. So always expressing that is really important for us. You know, we're all about always learning always having the curiosity and passion to improve. And so those are kind of some of our core values that we look for when we're interviewing. And what would you say when you were first launching the business, what made you the most excited? It was really to bring this to to bring it to the streets and in a retail setting. So I had worked in functional medicine and we were doing that in a doctor's office setting and that was amazing. And then my experience, I was running all around the city to do these different things that are now in one space at Clean Market. And so I had been looking for this oasis in New York City where I could just do all the things and stock up my pantry and get a healthy salad on the go. And that didn't exist. And so I was just so excited to be like, New York finally has a space where we can relax and take a break from the hustle and bustle. How large is your, because I haven't been there, how large is the space? It's about 3,500 square feet, which is is quite big. Yes. Especially Um, in Manhattan. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So our next doors are 25 to 2,800 square feet. How did you decide on Midtown East as your first location? I love the idea of going places where wellness doesn't exist at first. And my business partner, one of my business partners owns the building there. So we kind of had the space and then thought about what we wanted to put in it. And there was already Soul Cycle, Skin Laundry, Equinox, Blink right there. So it was becoming this little wellness hub. And people were so excited about that because, again, Midtown East, not necessarily known for wellness. So we saw it as a great opportunity to 
bring that to the neighborhood. And then we're kind of emulating that wherever we go. We're creating these little wellness hubs all over the city. Now, it's definitely a good strategy. Have you done partnerships with Equinox and the stores that are local to help cross-promote each other? Yes, exactly. We And that's really nice, too, for our employees. Just having the community, you're really not alone. And to have that feeling when you're in New York City is amazing. No, oh, absolutely. And can you share more about how you've been using social media to help grow the brand? And do you have any tips or advice for entrepreneurs who are just starting out launching their their channels? Yeah, it's a it's it is a whole different ballgame social media when you have a brick and mortar location and you're trying to drive foot traffic versus a direct to consumer brand. And we we definitely learned that. You know, it's it's you have to physically get out of your bed or your couch and walk down the street or in New York, take the subway or an Uber. And there's just that barrier versus where online you can just click, click and buy. Um, but social media has been so, so important for us, just getting our message out, sharing how people are using the space. And again, goes back to being authentic sharing your authentic brand I think is when people get excited and start to follow along yeah well we are sitting here and I am just smelling the delicious candle that you have brought here and it's the entire room smells like heaven in my opinion right now so thank you but can you describe some of the products that you've brought here and I know all of these are available in the store Yeah, so I brought some muffins for us to enjoy today. They are delicious, so I hesitate to even say they're gluten-free and vegan because I know some people, sometimes that can have a negative connotation, but they are absolutely delicious. Um, Well, let's try it right now. Let's try them right now while while you're... uh... (laughs) And I brought our candle and our clean market Palo Santo. Um, And then I brought my favorite winter item, which is our lipospheric vitamin C. And we are about to launch our first co-branded product with Live On Labs. All right, I'm going to take a bite of this. Which, Which muffin is this? That is the raspberry rose. Well, I love and raspberry. And then we also have the orange date. And that's a new flavor. Oh, my God. And they're delicious and very moist. Mm-hmm. Raspberry rose, you said. Um, so the only way to get this is to physically go to the store. I can't order this online? No, unfortunately not yet. All right. <laughs> <laughs> These muffins are made by a woman named Meg. She is a local company named Cake. So we stock all of her muffins. And then... Like I mentioned, we're launching our commissary kitchen, so we'll be doing all of our bowls, salads, overnight oats, and things like that in-house. At your new locations, your location in Vegas, well, you have different – I can't even speak now. I know. It's so I'm good. Like... Oh, my gosh, you guys. It's delicious. <laughs> Will you have um, different partners, or you'll have – it'll all be with the new commissary? Oh, so the Vegas concept's a little bit different in that – it's called NutriDrip by Clean Market, and so it's a focus mostly on the drip lounge. Got it. And then we have some amenity retail there. Definitely seems like the perfect place, Vegas is, right? <laughs> for, for, <laughs> for your services. Up next, meditation, baths, and really being you, plus a surprise. 
You can connect with us at socialflyny.com and follow us on Instagram at entrepreneistas. Check out all our latest episodes at entrepreneistapodcast.com. A common theme from all of the guests we've interviewed on our podcast so far is that they've all relied on support from other women through groups. So we decided to start an Entrepreneista Facebook group. Head on over to Facebook and search Entrepreneistas. We really wanted to create a community for Entrepreneistas to connect, share ideas, help each other solve problems, and learn from all of our collective experiences. If you join the group, it's really a safe space to talk about being an entrepreneur, sharing your wins, asking for help when needed, and we can't wait to meet you so we can learn and grow together. Lily, I want to know about your beauty routine, your eating routine. I feel like I, you're just such a wealth of knowledge, and I can tell you just eat, sleep, live, and breathe everything that you do. So I want to know the ins and outs. What I do. <laughs> tell um, me everything. <laughs> I would say the most important thing for me is sleep. I sleep probably nine hours a night, which sounds a little insane, but that sounds I, amazing. Actually, <laughs> it's it's almost or it is a non-negotiable for me. Essentially, I feel so much better. I function, so, you know, my brain is on versus being like hazy and crazy. What time um, do you go to sleep at night? Eleven, ten, between ten and eleven. Okay, wake up between usually seven and eight. I usually take a couple hours in the morning to have like a really slow morning ritual. So I'm trained in Vedic meditation. That's also kind of one of my non-negotiables. So it's 20 minutes twice a day. I have a mantra that I was trained in a couple years ago, and that's been so helpful. I would say as I was launching Clean Market, all of my anxiety started to come up. There's so many fears. So, you know, there's just so much anxiety when you're launching a business and you're doing something for the first time. And that also happened to be when I got trained in Vedic meditation. So it was like the perfect time for that tool to come into my life. What is Vedic meditation? A lot of people have heard of TM or Transcendental Meditation. It's very similar to that. And it's a type of meditation that's 20 minutes twice a day. And you can do it anywhere. And it's just mantra-based. So you are given a mantra. And your mantra is based on your age and gender. And so you're given a mantra by a meditation teacher. So you take a course, you get your mantra, you're trained. Usually it's like a three-day course. Um, and I remember her saying, like, you will never forget your mantra. Like, don't worry, you will never forget it. And it's so true. It's just something that becomes so ingrained in you and you, that you can come back to um, in moments of anxiety. It's just such a nice way to disconnect from the grid, if you will, for 40 minutes a day. What is your mantra? So you're never allowed share to share it. <gasps> yeah. So you cannot share it with anyone. And you can only get this mantra from the teacher. Yes. Yes. And of course, if you're new to meditation and not ready to invest, you could come up with another mantra or you can do, um, you know, a guided meditation through an app like Calm or Headspace. Those are really good places to start. For some reason, the guided meditation didn't quite work for me. And this Vedic kind of self-led meditation has been a lot more effective for me wow. personally. 
Okay, so you do your med- you do your meditation in the morning. Do you do that before you start checking emails or Instagram? Yes. Yeah. Usually I get up, maybe I'll make like warm lemon water or something like that. And then I'll get back in bed and meditate. My puppy, he's usually still in bed. So he'll like come on my lap while I'm meditating. What type of puppy do you have? Most important. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Also emotional support (laughs) for a business launch. Um, He's like a little mini golden doodle. So cute. Um, Yeah. I adopted him in October of last year. Yeah. So, yeah, then I usually have like a slow morning at home rituals like making matcha, having breakfast, and then I'll head into the office. Um, This morning, if I can take it a little slower, I'll do like a 15 to 30 minute workout video at home. I really love Melissa Wood's workouts. Um, She's everywhere right now. She's so awesome. And her workouts are great for like when you only have 15 or 20 minutes. That's good to know. Melissa Wood's workouts. I'm going to write this down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So now you come home from your busy day running your business. And what are your evening rituals? So usually I'm cooking because that's something that really helps me unwind. And uh, I cook a few nights a week. I'll make like a big batch of chili or a big lentil soup, something like that, especially in winter months. And then usually a long walk with my dog. Um, That forces me to get outside. I'm someone who could just like lay in bed for the rest of the night, like reading or just being so cozy, but the fresh air and it's good to kind of like walk off the day. Uh, and, And then I usually take a bath too. I'm such a fan of baths and we have a lot of different bath salts at the store. So I'm always having like, you know, testing and my favorite one is our mustard seed bath too mustard so. seed Ooh, i'm gonna have to yeah, try this i'm a big amazing. bath person too it's amazing i i think i need i want to hang out with you i want to follow into <laughs> all of your healthy uh healthy rituals i i'm am really spoiled if you open up my bathroom cabinet it's just like every product at clean market for testing and all of that so i get to have fun perks of running the yeah, business yeah. what are your favorite uh, treatments that you can do at clean market do you get to do them every week yeah i i would if i had to. <laughs> no no i do i do i try to fit it in um as much as i can but I think I've gotten really good at knowing when I need to use what. So it's just like now I have all these tools in my toolbox and I can pull on them when I need them. So traveling more and cold and flu season. So I've been upping my vitamin C drips. So high-dose vitamin C is antimicrobial, can help kill viruses and bacteria. So I like to get those like one to two days before I'm on a cross-country flight. Um, I feel like I'm a little bit more protected. And then obviously the infrared just feels amazing in the winter. Um, It's a really nice reset when you get back from a trip. And then cryotherapy is probably my favorite, secretly my favorite service. I just notice such a big difference when I'm doing it versus not doing it. Um, If you haven't done it before, it's kind of like a big shot of adrenaline, almost like you took a shot of espresso. You feel really good after, but it's just so incredibly anti-inflammatory. All of my cramps completely went away. 
any residual migraines um, are reduced. It's just such an amazing tool. I'm so excited to come try out all of these treatments. You have created a successful lifestyle blog, a book, brick and mortar stores. What is next for you? I know you're opening up new stores, but then what? Yeah, so I feel like at Clean Market, we are just at like the start of our journey. So it's really keeping my focus, you know, on what's right in front of me. And like I said before, kind of as a projector, I wait a little bit for what's next and I see what unfolds. But we have our eyes on, you know, product development and product lines, different iterations of the store, just refining our model, thinking about potential incubator programs, Um, But I feel like we're just at the tip of the iceberg. I believe it. I feel like you are just getting started. And it's incredible what you've been able to do in such a short time already. My last question for you today is what does being an entrepreneurista mean to you? I feel like, and I mentioned this a couple times, but it's something I think about a lot. It's really being your authentic self and then going after what you want unapologetically and realizing that it's not about how you look or what you wear or what you say um, that will make what you are or what your business is. Um, You can be you and anything is possible. I love that. You can be you and anything is possible. And I almost forgot because you brought all of these goodies here for for us. I have a special goodie bag for you right below your seat oh, as well. You. That's your so entrepreneurista sweet. Swag oh, I love bag. this bag. So everything in there. You can use your notebook on the on the plane and you have a little entrepreneurista pin and our I social media that. book. So Enjoy, enjoy, and thank you so much for taking the time to share your journey and story. Where can everyone find you, follow you, and of course come into your Midtown location, but soon to be other locations as well? Yes. So you can stay up to date on everything Clean Market at clean.market on Instagram and then cleanmarket.com and then me personally at Clean Food Dirty City on Instagram. Well, Willie, thank you again for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm Stephanie, and this is the best business meeting I've ever had. Thanks for listening. 